those teams that have beat CSU Pueblo in the past from Fort Lewis College, I'm sure those alumni still talk about that because it's a big deal. CSU Pueblo coming to town as the Fort Lewis College Skyhawks football team gets set for football home game number two. I'm joined by the Skyhawks coaching staff, head coach Johnny Cox, defensive backs coach Jordan Bible, and kicker Hunter Via Vicencia. Thank you guys for joining. And coach, I'm not sure you understood the assignment. I was asking for football players and you bring me a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... I understood. <laughs> but yeah, Hunter's a huge part of our team, and without our kicker, we, we'd be hopeless out there. So No, I just yeah. had to give the obligatory kicker yeah. snack. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. They always, uh, yeah, they, they always um, have a unique part of the team. You know, yeah. A little bit less physical in nature. You don't really want your, your kicker. Although Hunter tries to just hammer people. <laughs> you should see it. I mean, I, I don't know if we put it on the highlights. Uh, this time, but he's been out there being very physical. So he's not your typical, yeah, non-physical part of the team. So, Hunter, tell me, how do you approach physicality on a football field? Um, whenever I see that returner running back to our, our sideline, I just try and go head hunt him. You can pin your ears back. That's not let the officials hear that. Can we take that off, please? Um, no, but coming home for game number two, man, game number one was electric. That was a fun environment. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, it's always, we got a, a lot of energy comes from our fans and our and our community. You know, we play for them. So, you know, it's just kind of innate that we want to just ha have a great performance for that. You know, we feel comfortable. We don't have to travel, you know, being on the road to whatever. We've been 15 hours. We've been eight hours on the road. And we've been, you know, three hours on the road. Just to be able to wake up and get up, get be able to wake up and play in front of your fans allows us to, you know, try to get out there and compete. So. And we are at yet another location up here at the Glacier Club. Want to remind you that the Prospector Restaurant is now open. It's open to the public for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Lots of gluten-free options um, and a, a great place, obviously, as you see the scenery to enjoy your meal. Also want to remind you that Coach's Corner is brought to you by Skyu Casino and TBK Bank. We're going to take a minute here to check in on our community uh, scoreboard. And we'll start things off with these three-time Colorado State champion Bayfield Wolverines who lose last weekend to Centauri 41-16. to They're now 0-4 on the season. Coach, the reason I wanted to start with Bayfield is they're obviously a young team. You knew, you know the new coach down there. Mm -hmm. They're closer than I think an 0-4 record maybe indicates. This was the first week I really got to see tape on them, and that offense, big play, spread it out, open. Why are we seeing so much more of that in high school football? I think we're seeing spread in Durango. We're seeing spread in Bayfield now. Yeah, uh, football's kind of like a copycat no matter what. Yeah. You know, whatever's working, that's what's going to um, be the new trend. So, um, yeah, they're, they're doing a good job trying to, I guess, spread the field and get their playmakers in space. I and mean, you get guys that can make people miss, you know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, they lost to Aztec by six. They lost to Maffa County 42-33. to They'll be at Bloomfield, New Mexico this week. Ignacio falls to one and three after losing to Montezuma Cortez 24 to nothing. Ignacio's lone win coming at uh, Wingate, New Mexico 46 nothing. Uh, lead play for Ignacio and 1A ball starts this week uh, against Trinidad. They'll be at center next week. 
Montezuma Cortez now two and three after the win. The Panthers averaging 21 points a game. We'll check in on eight-man football as the Mancus Blue Jays fall in a battle of unbeaten's 28 to 22, trying to erase a 10-point half time deficit. They got some of it back, not all of it back. Now they're going to head to Monta Vista to play the Sergeant Farmers this week. Durango, man, some momentum. Yeah. Another, another coach you're, you're kind of familiar with, yeah, right? Yeah. They got it rolling. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about them. And they're, they're spread a little bit up yep. tempo and yeah, it's, they're starting to you get better and better each week. Yeah, they're condemning Meade to a 30-16 to 16 loss last weekend. 4-1. and one. They got an off week this weekend, league play will start um, in Summit County next week. Jackson Fincher, by the way, 17th most prolific rusher in the state. That's among all categories, 551 yards. Uh, another big rusher, Gavin Lindahl, senior at Pagosa Springs. He's seventh in the state with 646 rushing yards um, as Pagosa Springs, now two and two after beating Alamosa, 21 to 12. So that's a check-in on our community scoreboard. But man, I want to get to Fort Lewis College Skyhawks football. So much to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about your home opener a little bit, but let's get to last week's game. A loss in maybe the most heartbreaking fashion, yeah. a last second field goal. Yeah. What's? Yeah. How are you now processing that now that you've had a couple days? Yeah, I mean, it, it hurts, you know, like you said, heartbreaking. And whenever you put your heart into it and you're, you're straining the entire game, and you come up empty, empty-handed. It really hurts, you know. After the locker room, guys were just in the locker room, just sitting there, you know. I was like, "Hey, we gotta go," like you know. But just the magnitude of how close we were and how important it was, it just continued to, um, it continued to kind of dwell within the team. But, um, but it's because everybody, you know, really worked hard. There's a bunch of opportunities. Whenever you lose a, a close game, you kind of go, "Ah, oh, it's the last play," or you know, "It was that play." Well, really, it could have been the first. It could have been in the first quarter. We could have been had a different play then, you know. So, you just got to make sure that we're we're taking a holistic uh, view of the entire game and what we could do better. And we have a good group of kids that you know are doing that and working hard every week, and it's important too. So, whenever you do that, uh, we're going to continue to improve. Yeah, so. in some sense too, it is evidence that things are trending the right way. Yeah. Um, Hunter, I'm curious from your perspective in the locker room, what's what's the feeling amongst the team? Oh, you know, everyone's upset about losing one of those tough nail biters at the end. But I can tell, like, there's a lot more people with more passion towards, like, the football program and all that rather than just, oh, I played a good game, then it doesn't matter if we win or loss. There's just more emotion towards the program and towards Fort Lewis football, and I feel like people are really – starting to care about the program yeah coach I know there's probably not a football coach in America who's you know looking at record necessarily um, but you have to be hopeful right because there are signs of progress whether it's I think you've played everybody on your schedule this year closer than last year and then you were seconds away from a win last week yeah. Did you look at it that way, or is that more kind of a, an outsider's 30,000-foot perspective? No, I mean, um, you go into each game trying to win the game, mm -hmm. and then that gives you perspective to look back. You know, and so we went into the Adam State game trying to win the game and doing everything we possibly can, just like every week. You know, and then now we didn't win the game. Um, but, I mean, last year I think we lost 57-17. to 17. You know, so 
the perspective is, oh yeah, we've definitely got a lot better than last year, you know, but we, we'd rather have two more points this year and, uh, <laughs> and be happy about it, you know. So uh, that's just kind of the nature of it, of reflection. But, you know, we're, I feel like we're definitely progressing that way. I feel like um, the locker room and the, the people that we, uh, the, the players that we have, you know, you look out and there's me a bunch of kids that are out there fighting to win, to win the game for the team and sacrificing for the team. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely trending towards um, towards winning the game. <laughs> <laughs> now, Coach, you said in the last episode that even though that game didn't have its title anymore, it was still sort of a, a rivalry for Fort Lewis. Did it feel that way when you were on the field? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we try to we try to make sure that all our players knew the history of the game. So even though we are not, we don't have necessarily the musket, it's not the musket game anymore, traditionally what it's called, we still want to beat them. So um, musket, no musket, we're going after Adam State. We're, we're keeping that. And so uh, I feel like uh, that we played with a lot of emotion, and it was their homecoming too. So that even gave us more energy to try to ruin their homecoming. So it didn't quite happen, but um, better days, better yeah. days ahead. Speaking of homecoming, homecoming just a couple of weeks away for Fort Lewis College. We'll briefly preview that. We'll also talk about uh, home schedule number two or home game number two coming up this weekend for Fort Lewis as we return after the break at the Glacier Club with the Skyhawks football coaching staff. Corner continues at the Glacier Club just north of Durango, Colorado. I want to remind you to come on out and join us at the Prospector Restaurant. Now open breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Joined by the Skyhawks coaching staff, head coach Johnny Cox, defensive backs coach and special teams coordinator Jordan Bible, and kicker Hunter Via Vicencia. Uh, coach Bible, I want to talk about special teams. What goes into coordinating such a, a wide array of vast vast array of skill sets and themes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty loaded from time to time, but, um, you know, for the most part on Saturday, it's really just about managing the substitutions, managing the different units based on what's going on in the game and just making sure that there's a focus there and understanding who needs to be on the field at what time and making sure those guys are reminded of their duties, what they're supposed to be doing, and then as long as everybody gets on the field, and executes then you know makes my life pretty easy yeah. So, yeah hunter what got you into that that side of the sport um well i've always played soccer growing up so i really just kind of easily walked into the kicking position in middle school and then just stuck with it all the way to college and now do you kick and punt yes sir okay so i mean for all the, the hard and look i was a soccer player too so <laughs> Props. Yeah. Uh, but for as hard a time as you get on a on a you know amongst the hardcore football guys, I mean, I mean there was a moment in that home opener in the second quarter I think where you you guys were kind of had your backs against the wall a little bit. The offense finally got moving for the first time. You were at midfield, had to punt, and man, you pinned that team. I think it was inside the five. Both of you guys think maybe it's it's an element of the sport where the importance of stuff like that doesn't necessarily get appreciated all the time? 
Yeah, I think that definitely for just your average football onlooker who's spectating, they don't understand what we just refer to as the field position battle. And that's kind of the hidden yardage that a lot of people don't know about, right? Just those little moments that really can, one, change the momentum, but also put your offense or defense in a good position or a bad position isn't, isn't always talked about. So I, I definitely think that that's one of the more undercover, you know, you really have to be a football aficionado to understand what we're doing, even though it's what we talk about um, every day you know, yeah. in special teams rooms. So I imagine that if you are talking about it so regularly, that's something that kind of gears you up? Yeah, it's pretty exciting for me. How, take me through the technique of like trying to pin a team. That has to be a little bit difficult because I can go out there and kick a punt, mm -hmm. but I have no idea how to gear down or maybe angle it towards the pylon. What goes into that training? Um, so it really starts with the, the catch and then your hold. So if you're trying to do a coffin corner, you're going to hold the ball a little bit differently so you can get a good backspin on it. But, yeah, and then your swing is also matter matters, too, because you want to have a straight swing, not swinging across, it, across your body, because then the, the ball is going to be a shank. But, yeah, swing and hold are pretty pretty important. That's way more information than I ever thought about. <laughs> we were on the golf course a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So probably all, all the same fundamentals as a golf swing with your leg, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I had no control though. So. <laughs> How the golf goes, it was it was pretty bad. So. You wouldn't have recruited yourself. No, definitely not. Yeah. No, I know we want to look ahead because CSU Pueblo is, is coming to town. Um, but Jordan, before we do that, I, I I want to go back a little bit just because I've only had one chance to see this team in person and how your defensive backs kind of scheme into the overall. A defense on this team. I've always been fascinated about how coordinators and assistants mesh together. What was that process when you first met this defensive coordinator and kind of learned how to kind of work your guys in? Yeah, so I mean, as you alluded to, it's always a process, especially being an assistant under numerous coordinators uh, during my duration as an assistant in my uh, collegiate career. So upon meeting Coach Brown, I mean, that's the first thing day one you get introduced and kind of you get the, uh, you know, the casualties out, the, out of the way of, hey, this is where I'm from, this is who I've learned under, and then it's right away, right to business, you know. These are the coverages, what do you do, what's the terminology that we use and all of that. So it's really just getting getting started on, on really what the business is going to be in the future. And so with Coach Brown, luckily, we actually have a lot of kind of the same roots and ties as far as coverages that we've run in the past. So aside from some mixed terminology that you have to get on the same page, um, our perspective, right, our philosophy on coverage uh, kind of molds into the same wheelhouse. So that, that made it an easy transition, an easier transition than some places, some coaches I've coached under where it's, I mean, it's night and day difference of what I've learned, what I coached, what I even played under versus what a, what a coordinator might have yeah. in their toolbox. So, And now this defensive philosophy, one year old at Fort Lewis College. Um, one thing I took away from the home opener was heart. Like, I mean, there were so many instances where you guys were a score down and really didn't want to get more. And third down, guys came up, made a stop. T tell me about the guys on this defense. Yeah, I mean, you, you talked about it already. Of course, we've said it week in, week out. We're a young team. But the thing that I think, and I've said since day one, is, you know, basically our, you know, the, the edge that we have on other teams is our youth. 
and using that energy, right? And so we've really tried to, especially on the defensive side of the ball, really haven't been great on third downs. So we've really tried to have in practice a focus on third downs, focus on notifying third downs, and create an energy even pre-snap, right? Before the third down even starts with the idea that if you bring that kind of energy to the obstacle of the third down in front of you, then that's where you give yourself a real opportunity to be excited about it, to understand the play ahead, and then when you, you know, encapsulate that opportunity and you, you know, you take advantage and you execute correctly, well, now we're really pumped up and fired up, and that's a fun experience to have as a player. So uh, it's, it's all about the buy-in that we've had from our guys on what third down means to us, what it means to our defense and our team, and those guys have bought in, and they're really having a fun time with it. Is it more fun at home? Oh, yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> some of the environments, I can't lie, some of the environments, you know, even this past weekend at Adams, the rival, and they have a good crowd out there as well for a homecoming. When, when you turn a place silent, that's great. But, I mean, there's nothing like being at home, especially with a young team on your own turf, on your own field, where everybody has a different expectation in front of their parents, their peers, their classmates, teachers. You know, that's, that's always going to be one that sticks with you. Yeah. And CSU Pueblo coming to Durango this weekend. Coach, give us a little bit of a preview. It's, I mean, it's a team that's been really dominant in the RMAC lately, but it's yeah. also a team Fort Lewis has had some success against. Yeah, yeah. 2000, I think 12 and 17, we were able to, Fort Lewis was able to upset them. You know, they ended their, I think their 48 game winning streak in 2012. And then um, and they were ranked number two in the nation then. And then I think 2017, they were ranked 17th in the nation and came in. and. Um, we're upset by uh, Fort Lewis College, so yeah, it's been a it's it's a game we're looking forward to. Um, we're excited about the opportunity. Uh, they're a really good team, you know. Their record, they're one and three, but they played some national teams, nationally ranked teams, lost to Mines, lost to Western, um, and lost to Grand Valley. But all those teams were very, very solid. So it'll be a it'll be a um, it'll be a great challenge this weekend. I talk about their success recently it's maybe even a little bit more than recently but are they kind of a bellwether in terms of what you're trying to build do they provide a little bit of a blueprint almost yeah I mean they have a, a really good situation there uh, that they've kind of built up throughout the years and so if you if you're able to go in and beat uh, CSU Pueblo you know that is definitely like a, a landmark game and that, you know those those teams that have beat CSU Pueblo in the past from Fort Lewis College I'm sure those Alumni still talk about that because it's a big deal, you know. We're we're growing towards that, you know, and yeah. we want to be able to compete with them with recruits and on the field and everything else. And I think we can. It's just it's just a process. So yeah, we're we're not um, we're looking forward to definitely future uh, competition against them and starting with this weekend. Yeah. That game will be at noon at Ray Dennison Field this upcoming Saturday on the campus of Fort Lewis College. You've been watching Coach's Corner. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Coach's Corner brought to you by Sky Ute Casino, TBK Bank, and of course hosted here at the Prospector Club at Glacier, just about 20 minutes north of town. Until the next time, we'll see you on the field.